10 o'clock for a Thursday. Welcome, Steve Vines. I'm going to treat you with a medium level of prejudice this morning. <laughs> just to be warned. Oh, yeah. But before we get to a medium level of prejudice, can I just say um, that I've completely changed my views on tycoons and the most powerful people in Hong Kong. Blimey. Because I read today in, in no lesser organ than the South China Morning Post, the star letter of the day was from their, um, the government's information coordinator, no laughing at the back, called Andrew Fung, who shall remain nameless. And he, he was responding to a column that I wrote there, actually the last political column. That Naughty. I, yes, I know. And he said, I've completely misunderstood things. The rich and powerful in, in Hong Kong. Incidentally, who appointed him as the spokesman of the rich and powerful? I thought his job, paid out of public money, was to be the spokesman for the Hong Kong government. But some people may say that's Steve's the same on thing. Do, 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 do. Steve's on one. <laughs> <laughs> some may say that's the same thing. So he says in there that I'd got it all wrong. And the fact that they squirrel their money away overseas and they send their children to foreign universities because Hong Kong universities aren't considered good enough for them. And that while they're protesting their loyalty to the Chinese state, where they're actually, you know, where the money's going, and that's the trail you should be following, is which, which irrelevant. Which is the essence of your article. Yeah, is irrelevant. And, and he, he went on to accuse me. I mean, I love these people. They, they get overexcited when they're defending the rich and the powerful. He says, Vines hasn't done his homework. Yeah, that's because, what's new in that. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's no longer true that it's axiomatic that uh, once you've gone to a foreign university, you can um, obtain immigration status. Well, that's true. And, in fact, I didn't say it. So, <laughs> and he's, But the fact is, for example, in the States, if you've been a student a foreign student in, in the States, you have a period after being a student in which you can go, gain employment. Right. And after that, that leads to getting a green card. And after getting a green card leads to, to um, full change of nationality. So actually, uh, Mr. Fung, if anybody's going to do their homework, I think while you're busy um, defending the interests of the rich and powerful, and goodness means knows they need defending in Hong Kong because they're... Poor, I mean, I pity them. And the idea, he says, <laughs> he describes um, the investment overseas these people make in properties. Oh, well, well, they, they, they're just buying holiday homes overseas. Yeah, they are very big ones, very it's shiny funny. ones. I don't see any of them buying holiday homes in Wuhan or Chongqing or all those other fabulous places in the mainland, which apparently they think are the best places on, on this planet. Funny you, that, you but bet. that's just me. But he is quite right. Big companies in Hong Kong do invest in the mainland <coughs> with, ta with with investors' money, probably not with their own, but never mind. So he's he's got some really good points. And and can I now, on air, officially apologise to all very rich and powerful people in Hong Kong? I've completely misunderstood the situation. I'm humbly sorry, and I won't do it again until the next time. Well, you're absolutely right on the last <laughs> point. <laughs> But, I, but but just on that, I mean, you've got you have got a makeup column. You're having makeup. You're having makeup writing, aren't you? Because you're still doing your biz thing. Oh yeah, I'll still be doing the biz thing. Yeah, which, which actually yeah. is ironic. And yeah, yeah. As well, anyway, draw your own conclusions. Let's move on. Yeah. Well, that now that now now, from the absurd to the disgusting, um, you had a demonstration at the weekend by the usual suspects. In this case, they're defending um, the this columnist called uh, Wak Wing Ying, 
who who wrote um you know who's a who's a very big flag waver and government supporter and apparently apparently i say apparently because there's no actual evidence of this yeah she says that as a result of writing um what she writes she's receiving death threats and she can't come out and blah 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 well actually interesting but uh you know, there ain't no evidence of any of that. But anyway, she's entitled to say that she feels beleaguered. And I am quite sure that people have written and said she's a waste of space. And Yeah, but um, that, the, 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 the prestige here is quite a killer. And it's not the first time this has happened. But what I really object to is Robert Chow and these people standing outside, um, waving banners saying, you know, je suis Wat Wing Ying to somehow equate her... I mean, honestly, it makes my blood curdle to somehow equate her with people who were shot dead at Charlie Hebdo in, in, in Paris. You know, these people have no sense of proportion, no sense of decency. This woman has not been killed. I'm not saying, you, you, you know, that, that, that she should be. Comparison. But, but it, it's just horrible. And if they're that shameless and that ready... To, to go to these lengths to make their case, people need to seriously question what sort of case they have. But this happens time and time again. It's really, I don't know, we could say it's a cultural thing, I don't know, whatever, but using, using these comparisons to things like the Nazis, Hitler, the Holocaust, things that are really you're, bad. We've seen it so many times well, that in the was wrong, Regina Ip. In the wrong Regina, places. Yes, so, you know, know. It's, a, it's a French kiss at a family reunion moment. Yeah. You go, oh, yes. she didn't just do that. Yes, it is. I mean... Some of it is to do with sheer ignorance. So, you know, you can say, oh, well, excuse them. You know, poor old Regina didn't know, re really understand about the Nazis. Therefore, she can use these comparisons lightly. Hmm. That, 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 her comparison, incidentally, was, oh, I don't know about democracy. Hitler was elected. Um, yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. We, we, shall, it last time. we shall not go there. But, but, um, but here you have this sick, sick comparison trying to equate, equate a Hong Kong columnist who's received criticism with people who've been murdered in cold blood in their offices. It's just insane. I'm sorry. Nah, I don't... I just... Yeah, well, you know, I, couldn't, I, I could, find them unspeakable. To quote you, I couldn't Adam and Eve it. Yeah, I, I couldn't that, Adam and Eve it either. Did yeah. he really say Charlie Hebdo? Yeah. Did he really say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw the poster. That's, yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Oh, I'll tell, I I tell you what I want to talk about now. So, long hair is, according to him, and why shouldn't he? Because he's a law-abiding lawmaker and all that. He's going to Shenzhen on Sunday for the play date, the people's play date. Yes, this is the... We ought to just say what it is in case anybody has, um, has been negligent enough, and if so, you're very bad, um, not to read the newspapers. This is the meeting that the um, liaison office arranged for Democrats to talk about the democratic reforms on Sunday. Um, it's a total coincidence that the meeting took place or is planned to take place on the day when there it's are up to you to decide. June 4 demonstrations because the chief executive has said it's up to you to decide whether you think commemorating June 4th is more important than doing your duty. But it's a complete coincidence. It's a complete coincidence. And he didn't say that even if he did because it was a Tuesday. But as you say, one of the people who's due to travel up to Shenzhen for these... <laughs> talks and incidentally can i now confidently forecast what will be the outcome of the talks they don't agree act now it, you, you you could make that a longer summary but the bottom line is they don't agree yeah. um is long hair who, who of course doesn't have a re-entry permit to the mainland has not been allowed to step foot on mainland soil i think 
for the better part of 15 years, but I could be wrong. It's certainly at least a decade. I love this, though. So he's saying, oh, yeah, I'll go up. I'm, I'm a lawmaker. And then he goes, I'm not sure whether they'll let me in. And I'm thinking, No, he's, yeah. he, he worded it slightly differently. Oh, did he? he? He's, well, he said it in a clever way. He's being very clever. He said, of course, it's, you know, Beijing's prerogative either way or something like that. Yeah. Basically, you know, I, I want to go. Of course, it's up to Beijing whether I can go. But if they were really smart, they'd say... Okay, son, see you at the meeting. Come on in. Yeah, right. Put it aside. Sorry, did that, you say if they were really smart? You know, though, that would be... <laughs> because, I mean, he's, he's, he's being really tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Another person who isn't going is Emily Lau, the leader of the Democratic Party, because she says, well, look, they've withdrawn my re-entry permit and uh, end of story. If, if, if I'm not allowed in, I'm not allowed in. So, I mean, these talks are really just... A of nonsense. This is brilliant, though, because he will immediately make the news here in Hong Kong yes, again if they tell him no. I am and he knows that. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'd want to go. What's the problem? Yeah, yeah. But that's why I said they should let him in and just go to... <laughs> that would be brilliant. It puts it asleep. Yes, you're suggesting... They have a sense sorry, of... Wait, let, me, let me work this out. You're suggesting that somebody in the liaison office is going to be really smart about this. Talk me through that. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Anyway, can we get back to... Oh, I'll tell you what I want to talk about. Yes. I mean, this isn't joking material, but, you know, Hong Kong's got its new retirement home for naturists. All these pictures have appeared about these, you know, old geezers and ladies being wheeled around without their gear on and treated really rather badly. Uh, Backchat talked about this this morning, but it's another... Are they really doing this? But what I tell you is people say, oh, there's no money for this, there's no money. That doesn't excuse the nursing staff treating them so badly. That's A... And B, there's no actual excuse for no money. I mean, you keep hearing this story about how Hong Kong, with some of the largest financial reserves in the world, has no money. We've got loads of money in, you know, US treasuries, and I'm very pleased that we're servicing the US debt because goodness knows they need it. But there's no money for our own people. There's no money for the really poor in Hong Kong. There's no money for people who are living on... $2,000 a month. Think about that. Oh, yeah. And until $2, this... $2,000 a month. Until this surfaced recently, this this is a concrete, seemingly, yeah. a concrete example that this kind of rubbish is going on. So, hello, the, the old fellows do exist. And we're, well, we, I'm we waiting can... to hear from the official spokesman for the rich and powerful, Well, look Mr. at the letters Fung, page. <laughs> to explain why the Hong Kong government... Um, uh, allows the levels of poverty that prevail in Hong Kong to prevail and why the government just does nothing other than what we've seen in many budgets is these little one-off payments. No systematic plan to solve the acute problem of poverty in Hong Kong. The, 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 the crying shame of 1.2 million people, 1.2 million people in Hong Kong living in poverty in this very rich city of 7 million people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhere beyond shameful. The thing, just, it seems rather reactive. What, what, certainly what I'm reading in the news, the Social Welfare Department said it's repeatedly sent them warning letters, visits. I heard the guy on this morning saying there were loads and loads of visits to these places. Now, unless, unless they're wearing eye patches. I don't know what they're talking about. I mean... If you've been to some of these... I mean, they're not all bad. They're, they're t- I, I, I can't say I'm an expert on this, but I do happen to know my old area. There is one home, uh, which I actually wandered into by mistake. <laughs> and all I can say is, if you like the smell of urine, you would have been very happy there. Yeah, so it's just a care issue. 
it, well, it's a care issue. It's it is an issue of resources. I do. I, I mean, it is may well be the case that they're understaffed. I don't deny that. But I mean, this scandal is a scandal. There's no point in mollycoddling them, and you know. Let's go to a little message here from Graham who says, the old people thing is a human rights issue. Depriving people of their dignity is considered torture by the UN. Um, in Abu Ghraib, forcing those guys to be naked was considered an infringement, infringement of their human rights. He's quite right. And that's right. a matter that's, of record. That's, that's absolutely right. I mean, it, it, there's not a level, I'm sorry to say this, but there's not a level on which this is excusable. Really not. It's a human rights issue. It's a humiliation issue. And, of course, it's a, a lack of care issue. And, you know, there's going to be a little regulation somewhere that says we have to do this because it says so in the rule book. Yes, well, I mean... They must and, be X, and, Y, and Z and, before... And, the... and remember, of course, that all of these homes are administered by the lavish bureaucracy. So, you know, no doubt three officials did arrive with clipboards, got out of the car on a prearranged visit, and they found everything was fine. That charming man. I want to get to an email, if I might, from Chris, a regular writer here. He says, I don't often agree with Mary Marr in The Standard, but she's nailed it this morning. It's disturbing, quote, uh, to find out the elderly home in question had been inspected nearly 100 times in the past. There can only be two possible explanations for the failure to spot the abuses. First, the inspectors were totally unaware of the abuses, or second that they knew but chose to turn a blind eye. Either scenario is equally serious. That's from Mary Marr in The Standard. Chris just wraps up both scenarios, call for explanation, and more importantly, action on many fronts. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's a bit Victorian-sounding, this, isn't it? It, it? it is, and I would, I would bet that of the two scenarios he mentions, the most likely one is the first one, i.e. they were unaware, in the sense that all those visits would have been pre-planned. And they'd say, you know, we'll be having a spot inspection, which you don't know of, at 9 o'clock on Thursday. You know what to do. Well, do you know when the restaurant inspectors are coming <coughs> around? No, because we're not in the public sector. Ah, so you genuinely don't. <laughs> we genuinely don't. They don't exactly hide it, do they? Well, they, they, I see a clipboard coming round the door. I, I, I suspect there's a clipboard E behind it. Yeah, yeah, you've and got I'm it. And I'm rarely disappointed. Back to this one, though. Uh, the, the, the first one you think is quite possible. He says uh, the second they knew but chose to turn a blind eye. I, I think they deliberately chose not to know, which is, which is I suppose, the same thing. Yeah. In other words, if you, if you tell people you're making a spot spontaneous uh, inspection at a certain time of day, <laughs> um, preparations will have been made. Bit like certain elections, right? Uh, yes. Let's yes. change the page here. Shall As, we? Ac according to our news this morning, a study has found that most trainee teachers are prejudiced against people from sexual minorities. The HKIE surveyed more than 300 trainee teachers, half of them that had a, quote, minimum level of prejudice, uh, medium rather, which 16% expressed extremely negative attitude towards sexual minorities. The study found that many gay, lesbian and transgender students have been harassed and discriminated by peers at schools. Well, unfortunately, that's something that kids have been doing um, to people who act slightly differently since time started. That's true. I mean, it is depressing. This, this is the Hong Kong Institute of Education, which is the only body in Hong Kong that trains teachers. So, I mean, if you're doing a survey there, you are actually getting all the student teachers who are likely ever to appear in a Hong Kong school. Really? Yeah. Right. And 
if they are saying, I like the, what is the word, medium prejudice? Medium or, level of prejudice. Medium level, I, well, gosh, medium levels of prejudice are all right with me. I've only yeah. got high levels of prejudice, <laughs> but they're not against um, lesbian, gay and <laughs> transgender people. Students. No, I don't have prejudice against that, but I do have prejudice against people with clipboards, for example. But, I mean, what is it about Hong Kong? Here you have, last week in Ireland, in fact this week, because the results I think came out on Sunday, of a referendum, the most Catholic country, or one of the most Catholic countries in Europe, saying overwhelmingly that they support gay marriage, which most certainly isn't something that the Vatican approves of. Which is and, interesting, because I thought we had like a rock and roll pope. Well, yeah, I don't think he's that rock and roll. Plainly not. <laughs> Plainly not. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's not that, you know, it's not that, it's extraordinary that people don't get it. What people were voting for in Ireland was minding everybody's business. Yeah. They were just saying, they weren't saying, you know, oh, everybody's got to be forced into a gay marriage or anything so ludicrous as that. What they were saying was, if that's what they want... Live and let live. Get on with it. It ain't our business. We've got busy other things to do in life. And I think a strong message from that serve, uh, from that referendum in Ireland was let's tell the world that Ireland is a tolerant society. You think we're a, a, a bunch of bigoted mix. It ain't true anymore. Yeah. The new Ireland just isn't like that. And I think here we are in Hong I'm Kong. I'm half bigoted mick, if you don't mind. <laughs> Only half? I'm, I'm, I, who do I complain to? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, here we are in Hong Kong. Yeah. There is full-on discrimination because there are no laws. There's no laws in Hong Kong about sexual discrimination. And it's not just an issue as well. There's discrimination on many other yeah, issues. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, let's not even go into discrimination against people who've got slightly darker skins. But the, the fact of the matter is, you know, gay marriage isn't even on the agenda, let alone recognising gay partnerships. There's a case going through the courts as we speak of a lesbian couple um, who are challenging the immigration department's ruling that one of the partners... Oh, they moved here, didn't they? Well, one of the partners cannot cannot remain here because although they have a legally recognised um, relationship in the jurisdiction, which I believe is Britain, where, where they got the marriage, that isn't recognised in um, Hong Kong. I mean, you know, Hong Kong is supposed to be an international city, part of the 21st century. I mean, come on. Can we please... Can we please move on? And it can be no coincidence that a lot of the people at the top of the government are very majorly God-botherers, and they think that because they have these narrow prejudices associated with their <coughs> religious fervour, um, that's all right to impose it on the rest of society. I, I honestly think that if you had a referendum in Hong Kong, you would get a very similar result to the one in Ireland, because most people say... Well, you know, why are we even bothering? Hmm. Anyway, that's that's where we are, isn't it? I like your idea of it's not about whether you're into Arthur or Martha. It's like, you know, if, do your thing. Just yeah, live your just, life. Just, you, know. you know, if that's what does it for you, you do it. If it ain't what does it for you, it's none of your business. Yeah, but this is an interesting... Let's take it on a little bit further. The couple here... I actually think, though, to, to be objective, because on. one likes to be on this programme... Yeah, really. It's that, not that, very much. That, ...that the government also ought to study marriages between um, different sex couples, see if they're suitable. Some of them may be lower class. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, it should, does, it does open should they be allowed to marry? I, I, I'm and breed children. I'm a little dubious about that. As ridiculous as particularly what, marry people of other classes. Absolutely, no. but, but that's a logical. That makes absolute sense if we're using the logic that you, you yeah, used yeah, before. No, no, I think we should have a, a rule about that. What about this thing about young young teachers? Then that is very worrying. I mean, you know, normally, <clears throat> and this was certainly the case in Ireland. The the, the percentage of young people voting in favour of the abolition of the gay marriage brand was, was overwhelmingly high. I mean, much And many higher. of them would have been religious people. That's the key issue they there. It wasn't church But what I'm saying is normally, normally in most societies, yeah. the younger population is more tolerant and, and less worried about I wonder what things. questions they asked. Well, that's... Yeah, I, I, I wonder what questions that. they ask when they're doing you know, the, the pro pro reform package. You, the, quest, the devil really is in the details. Well, the pro reform package. The people who did that survey basically went out on the streets. Says, do you want chaos or do you want us to move forward? Take no, here. No, they do want a lollipop. <laughs> sign, you know, sign here thirty five. Well, times. I, was, I was just speaking to somebody who um, who's uh, she's Chinese, but her husband is is an American. And just as a test, he went up to one of those Robert Chow um, sign-up things and said, I'm a tourist, can I sign? And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but it says here it's for Hong Kong residents. They said, oh, don't worry about that. He says, what about my daughter? She's age eight. Yeah, yeah, Bring yeah. No, no, they said, potato. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she can sign as well. Brilliant potato print on the piece of paper. <laughs> well, look, there's no secret anyway. that that's been fudged. But yeah. I want to I go yeah. back to yeah, the students. Is... What does that say? I mean, I think we would have to know what kind of questions were asked. It would be very worrying to me if the new generation of teachers are setting out on their teaching career with these prejudices. Because, as ever, what they're talking about is a prejudice against a minority. And, you know, the state has a responsibility to look after the interests of minorities. That's how it works. That's Final. what's called... A, a duty of care. I'm just. I'm, I'm more interested in how this has been done than the issue itself. Let's, fa- let's, let's face it. It's old news. People do whatever people want to do. The final paragraph. Uh, the lady who led the study told RTHK that schools should take efforts to make the environment more LGBT friendly. But what's that supposed to mean? It's just like one of those, you know, act now, put one foot in front of the other when you're walking gigs. What, no what does that, that actually means. specifically I don't know mean? What that means. More environment, more LGBT friendly. Well, I don't know what that means, actually. Um, I, I, I know that when I went to school, this wasn't even an issue. Mind you, that was in the dark ages. But we did have a big issue, particularly where I went to school, bullet, big Im- well, immigrant population. Oh, yeah. we, had, uh, we had a lot of... We had three big ethnic groups in my school. We had West Indians, uh, Indians from the subcontinent, and as it so happens, because it was that area, there were a lot of uh, Greek Cypriots. What about the... And the people who got really, really squeezed mm. were the were the indians from the indian subcontinent who were a combination of bangladeshis and which kind of years are we talking i'm not being funny but which kind well, we're, are we saying we're, the 70s a little before that yes oh, i was going to say because you know after Idi Amin, there was a massive yeah no these were this was a pretty working class school because those immigrants were quite middle class all right but but the point was that at least the teachers in my school even back in the dark ages then you know, if they heard someone in class calling somebody a wog or, you know, dirty packy or something like that, which unfortunately was quite quite frequent. Very common. Com- you know, the better teachers would say, Oi, what do you think you're doing? That's simple, isn't it? And it stopped. It's not, well, in those... It, it is interesting. In the classes where they knew there was a teacher who would call them out, it stopped. Yeah. It was as simple as that. It's how it's dealt with, isn't it? It's how it's dealt with. And it wasn't... You, you didn't get a long lecture. It's just, oi, pack it up. We're not having that in the class. <laughs> yeah. End of story. Yeah. 
I'm just it wa- worked. I'm just wondering, um, th- 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 this is out of the blue. And as we always say, Steve, whenever there's a survey, who's paying for it? What, yeah, what are they well, trying to I prove? I think this was These done internally in Hong Kong, I had, as far as I know. I don't Does that I mean, I mean, you can believe what you like. You don't have to be tolerant of things. But this seems like overwhelmingly a bit off. It seems very clear <laughs> to me that teachers do have a duty of care. And if they find a child in their class being bullied or discriminated against, ah, they've got to do something. 